y'all welcome to the podcast music ed with mc ocv my name is megan o'connor vince i'm a music educator with a passion for popular music education you can follow me at mrs ocv on instagram and find all episodes uploaded to my soundcloud account mrs o'connor vince and now also on spotify you can email me at mrsocvpodcasts at gmail.com or feel free to DM me on Instagram. You can also find all my information along with curriculum, lessons, YouTube tutorials, etc. at musicoconnor.com. That's M-U-S-I-C-O-C-O-N-N-O-R.com. This is episode nine a series on the student perspective of world music. Hey y'all, welcome to the podcast. We are continuing our series with Hannah Dutra today. She will be interviewing Barnstable Orchestra Director Elijah Langeal. Enjoy. So my first question is, what do you think about the term world music? I think the term world music what first comes to me is my world music class that I had to take in undergrad. It's called world music. It's with a wonderful teacher who unfortunately passed away, Faith Luth, uh, recently, and she taught it. And to be honest with you, it was a class that no one wanted to take. Uh, and honestly, we went in there. We thought it was more of a hindrance. It was another thing that we had to take because we knew we had juries coming up or we had solos we had to prepare for. Or we had a big concert about to go on. And and we didn't um, we didn't really take it seriously. I remember a big part of the projects where we would uh, investigate different styles of music in different cultures. I remember a lot of Native American cultures. And, and you know, even though I did the work and I did what I had to do to pass, um, I don't think I took the time to really research things with, with equity and and with really an open mind. So that's the first thing I think of. And when I think world music, I think really music, non-Western European style music, particularly one those of indigenous cultures. That's just where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. What do you think that like the music education from Western European like places, countries is considered like kind of greater than like other music, which would be like where world music is. Well, I think it's just like, it's, it's standard um, imperialism and colonialism. I mean, it's when, you know, settlers or who we call them, you know, uh, colonists, you know, came around the world, they brought, you know, their religion, their culture, and inevitably their music. And because they felt that they deserved the land that they set on because they felt like they were more dominant, that they also felt that they were more gifted. And that, that also is the same in music. Um, and because of that, that's just a one style. I mean, you even look at classical music in the early Americas, everyone was trying to, even in, within like classical style, and you look at, you know, people who play violin, cello or bass or something like that, they were all trying to mimic 
European styles like your Bach and your Beethoven's, not even using the spirituals or the indigenous sounds that were around them to make their own version of classical music. Not saying that that's then valid cultural music, but they weren't even doing it. They were still looking at, at European. And it actually took like composers like Dvorak then to come over and be like, no, you can use spirituals, you can use things like that. And then you have some other wonderful black and brown musicians like William Grant Still who used like um, spirituals and things to actually kind of get the sound of America. Now, I'm, I kind of have a conflict with this because I really love classical music and it's part of my life. Mm-hmm. But it's sometimes put a veil over my eyes of what, what is world or music, I should say, of other cultures actually look like. And am I, do I have a predisposition to think that it's inferior? And to be honest with you, I do. And that's something to at least recognize and then move forward with. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, classical is my favorite, like, genre of music. I think that's important to acknowledge the other types of music. And I'm not saying, like, pop and stuff like that. I'm saying, like, when I think about Thailand and the music and how they use it and why, that, like, they have their own meaning. And then, like, in India, that I learned from a friend that, like, they use different selfage forms and, like, they're just their style of music. Like, they're specific music for the night and then specifically music for the day, which is, like, really interesting. Do you think that as an educator, you, like, bring enough diversity of music to the classroom? Honestly, no, no, I, I don't, especially in like, you think of my gym, more general um, enrollment classes, like my piano classes. I I don't do that as well, but I've actually felt like I've gotten better because I've tried to move at least in the past two or three years away from a lot of standard notation in those classes and let students explore um, more learning from rote, meaning they're learning from like listening and they can learn like more popular music or music from any culture that they're familiar with. And then that's also just as valid as maybe some of their notational based exercises. And I've found that when you like incorporate that and put it on the same playing field, you'll have kids who maybe play something that's more reggaeton or something, some or something from their culture or song that they love, or maybe even something from Disney. And it just helps them and move around and see that, you know, music is music. And also it reminds you that maybe learning hot cross buns isn't all what it's chalked up to be. Um, I think it's harder in some of our other classes like orchestra or band or chorus because there's just so much repertoire that we just feel like we have to teach. And we were told that we have to teach. And we also, there's a nostalgia because we also grew up learning a certain group of music and we love it too. So it's hard. And it's also, it's hard to like, have time to find music that will work that everyone can experience and enjoy within our, you know, orchestral setting. Um, I think there's definitely ways to do it, but I'm not quite sure how to navigate it. And it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes you feel like you're not good enough to teach other cultures music. Cause like, look at me, I'm a tall white guy and <laughs> I, and I don't know, like, I don't want to do a bad job or am I just using that as an excuse? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, I think it's complicated and I, I definitely have a lot of room to grow, but I would love suggestions. Yeah, I think it's funny how, like, some people will say that they listen to rock and stuff like that. And then Brazil has rock, and I wrote that in my research paper, like, Brazil has rock and rock bands. And it's, like, legit, and it's really good, and I I even like some of it. Um, But they won't be considered rock to, like, the outside. Mm -hmm. Like, the places like England and, like, the U.S. or even Australia... Rock is like the Rolling Stones or like mm-hmm. ACDC. And then you go like to Brazil and you have like a band there and that that doesn't count. Oh, that's not right. That's world music. So like there's so much world music that gets stuck in this little box. Mm-hmm. There's like all kinds of genres of music in it. And it just like it gets kind of slept out to the side. 
Honestly, well, I don't think a lot of students know about the like world music. And I said that like quote unquote because I don't think it should be called world music. But yeah. Well, it's tough, right? Because you know, we how are you supposed to know if you, it wasn't really part of your culture? And if you had to think like. How many people grow up making music with their family members to celebrate their heritage? I mean, I fortunately grew up with my mom playing the piano and every like holiday we would sing around the piano and sing songs or my, you know, or maybe my mom would be working on something and she'd make me sing like a harmony on something. But like I grew up singing like old 1920s songs called like Five Foot Two Eyes of Blue or like Roll Out the Barrel. These are all like jazzy 20s and 30s songs that like, I just knew by heart because we would always just sing them. And like, I would go to school and like, no one knew these songs. Like I would be like five foot two eyes of blue. Oh, what that's five foot can do. Like I couldn't sing that with my friends cause they were too busy. They were like, they'd be like, what are you talking about? But to me, like, not that that's my culture, quote unquote, but it was my microculture. Like that's what I, we sang that or like, Maybe even if you grew up in a sacred tradition, like I grew up in a, you know, in a church environment, like all those songs, all those hymns were like, we sang those all the time. I can, they're still stuck in my head, um, for better or for worse, but that kind of is your foundation. But a lot of people, they just are familiar with the music that's around them. So maybe they do sing in a sacred setting, or maybe they do when their family comes together, they, they play music, or maybe for some cultures, it's like music from, where they grew up, maybe that was a different culture and they're at like the, the barbecue or cookout and that's where that comes from. But honestly, I think our lives are so busy that sometimes we, we don't take time to see the cultural significance of our, of, of some of that music and, and time to appreciate it. Mm, sorry, I'm like kind of jumping back to the, I don't know, college part of things, but do you feel like there should be different classes for music theory? Like with the indigenous part or like the Indian? Or um, I know, like, in Asia, there's also, like, the South Asia, I think. There's yeah. a different, like, music styles and stuff. Do you think there should be different music theory, like, theory, history classes for that kind of stuff? Yeah, blending them together. You'd actually be interesting. So when I was in BU, I graduated. It was their first time piloting this music theory class. It was like kind of what you're talking about, where you it was really self-guided and you could... I ended up doing the music of Appalachia and a lot of those different like mixing of like those more Southern harmonies and things like that really came from slaves at that time, but also that came from settling poor whites, but that also came from, you know, other, other cultures and influences. And I, I, that ended up, that whole project ended up taking care of my theory credit, which was really different at the time because BU used to just have this very serious, like, you are writing out orchestral arrangements and compositions and stuff like that. But now you're doing more under, you have your more guided track. So when we did our presentations, yeah, you did have people doing things from Indian cultures or, you know, with kettle drums and things like that. And you also had maybe or Hindu styles of music or Southeast Asian. Like it, it, it was it had its own track. And that was really interesting. I thought it was really valuable. It made me grow and learn. I would love to see that on an undergrad level, but I would also like... I really have a tough time with music theory, but not just because I had a tough time learning it when I was a kid, but I have a tough time separating it from the music making. You know, we, music theory in and of, of itself sometimes feels so, so Western because it's based on Western principles. But why can't we break through stuff, you know, in other cultures, too, and kind of see how they put it together? I think it will only just make us better musicians. So, yeah, I would be interested in, in 
hearing what other people have to say about that because that mm -hmm. setting up a curriculum and making seeing how it works would be that'd be a lot of work but it'd be interesting to see the topic we're talking about right now about like world music that's not like people don't care that much about like they do but i can't find the word right now um do you think people should bring more awareness to it yeah i mean i think the correct <laughs> i know there's not a correct answer but i think the correct answer is yes um it's a tough battle because you're again you're you're fighting two things one you're fighting music education's purpose in this world and that's already an uphill battle because people are like you know it's it's not a core class or maybe what is the real value of it is it's just kind of like a fun thing but it's not really for personal growth um but then within the subgenre of music you have that everything is steeped in well we have to play these composers we have to learn this and that we have to learn style notation everything else is just fun if you're going to make beats that's like not seen as the same as or as good or if you have music from different cultures or and even in like indigenous peoples then that's well that's not you know it's nice music it's cultural but it's just not as legit as other stuff i think it's a it's an uphill uphill battle i think it's definitely worth it because i think in our pursuit for purity we are losing the you know cultural significance for different for all for all cultures and i think I think music is losing its relevance anyway. It's funny we're we're all infighting about like, well, no, modern music making or world music making isn't important. But at the same token, no one's taking our courses anymore, and in orchestras are getting smaller and smaller, and this and that. It's like, so why are we fighting? You know, I think if if we're making and creating music, then that's a win, and we need to get over ourselves and be okay with uh, trying different things. Mm -hmm. Do you think, like, growing up, did you learn enough about, like, world music? Do you think it was just, like, all the, the the classical stuff we know, you know, from Western Europe and, like, all that kind of stuff? Did you just learn about that or, like, at any point in time did you ever, like, learn about something other than that? I think I came from at it a different angle because my mom, who was, like, a music teacher at the time, but she's not a very, well, she would tell herself she doesn't feel like she's a great musician because she feels like she's not a very good reader, but she has an excellent ear and like, you know, she can play through stuff on the piano and, and, and on the guitar and she sounds absolutely amazing. And she's a, she can write music just wonderfully. But if you ask her to like put that on paper or figure it out, she gets really nervous and anxious because she feels like she's not a legit musician. I mean, I'm putting words in her mouth right now, but I, that's what my thought is when, you know, I, we have these conversations I think growing up, I I felt like, wow, look at this pillar of like music learning where my mom and I would just, she would just write music and she would just do this and would have different instrumentation. It, was, it wasn't for classical music, it wasn't for, it wasn't for orchestra, it was just for, she would just sing her song right and it was, and it was like a lot more folk songy and she wrote music for people who were going through a hard time and she would gift that song to them and it would really touch them or for like a wedding. And for me, that was my idea of music. And then going into like undergrad and saying like, wow, I'm not good at music theory. Wow, I'm not good at this. And wow, look at this thing called orchestra. And and for some reason, it almost made me feel like guilty because it made me feel like, oh, wait, how come what I learned didn't feel as legit as the kids who were like, were in AP music theory in high school and super good and this and that. And what I've come to learn now that like you get through college and then you get gigs and then you like do professional stuff. All that stuff is valid. I mean, my, to be able to think on my feet on the piano and just kind of have to play through stuff or maybe being a conductor and having to think on my feet and hear harmonies the way my mom taught me, like those were all really important. Now she may not have taught me stuff about all around the world music, but like one time she made an upright bass out of a big 
metal galvanized steel washtub base with one string and a, like a stick on it and it's like an old time if, seriously if you pulled the rope it would get tighter if you moved it it would get looser and that's like a very old style like poor person's base way back in the olden days like during like the industrial revolution and she was like all right play that i'm like okay i'm playing that and we would do it like there's just you would explore things and it was just more organic and i really appreciate that i grew up like that because it, it helped give me a little bit of an open mind but I think it's hard. Like it's sometimes when you're not of that culture, at least for me, you have a tough time trying to make authentic music making in that someone else's culture because you feel like you're disrespecting it maybe, even though that's probably not the case, but it's it's hard. And I I think we we need more world music making, but I, I and that's exactly the point. I think instead of sitting down and just studying it, I think music musicians need more opportunities in world music making so that they can just get their hands dirty, for lack of a better term. No, that's interesting how, like, you might feel that it might be a little disrespectful to, like, try and, I don't know, just another type of music. But I, it's actually, like, from what I know, it's the opposite. Like, during COVID and all that stuff, I met a ton of friends from other countries and we all met because we're musicians. And like, there's a ton of kids my age and we met and like, there's kids from like, um, Indonesia and then I know a couple of kids from Argentina, um, India, like a ton of countries, Taiwan even. And we all like share like the music from where we came. And because we're all like pretty much classical musicians, we all play like, I don't know, like violin, piano, whatever, something like that. Even there's a girl that plays the ear who. Wow. Yeah, so we're always talking about, like, how we learn music, like, the origins and stuff like that. From their point of view, it's actually really cool that somebody that's not from their culture tries to play, something like mm. that, which is, like, it's different. Like, when you think about Australia, and then there's the indigenous people of Australia, and then they have this instrument, didgeridoo. Oh, a didgeridoo. Yes. Yeah, those are pretty sweet. So that's pretty cool. But what I heard is that unless you're indigenous from that place, you can't really play it. Mm. So, like, there's a difference between, like, doing something like that because it's sacred to them. I don't know how I feel about that, but I, I know it's sacred to them. And, like, people in Australia that are not indigenous learn that that's not an instrument that you play because that's their culture. However, like, other types of music, like uh, raga and I, I don't know the names, but, like, from other countries, people are actually pleased when you try, mm. like, to, like, get into their kind of culture music thing kind of thing. Hmm. I don't know, I lose my well, no, it's kind of like when you go to a different country and you try to like speak their language just to order your croissant or order <laughs> your like breakfast and they appreciate your attempt. You're not saying it condescendingly. You're just trying to understand their culture. I think, yeah, anybody appreciates it when someone takes a step into trying to understand someone's life. I mean, that's probably a great flattery, right? It's 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 tough because our lives are so busy. And we want to, we have this whole strive to do things authentically or maybe not to look silly. And by silly, I mean, feel like we know what we're doing. And to go into someone's culture and their music making, you're not going to do a great job the first time you do it. And you probably won't ever really be up to that par, even if you wanted to. But that's not the point. The point is to be able to make a connection into someone else's life, into someone's culture. I mean, music, music is culture. And then, we almost have an obligation to do that to better understand that person. You know, if you never take a risk being a silly goose, you'll never become a swan. That's, that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you should you should take that, you know, put it on your wall. Um, I'll ask you one last <clears throat> question. 
how do you think like this whole thing impacts society today? Just like overall, you might have answered that already, but you know, like if you kind of try to summarize it as in like people don't learn enough of it or maybe they do, it's just like where you come from, maybe you don't know. Like how does it impact society? You know, I was very fortunate that I had a a mentor in my life, you know, I named um Bill Rollins and you know, him being a, um, you know, he was a, a black gentleman that lives or is, he's, he's alive, in, in Roxbury, Massachusetts, in Boston. And, you know, he grew up in Philly, um, very, you know, in the, poor in the projects. And, you know, he worked his way up to playing the viola and got into Cincinnati Conservatory. And then, you know, he had a wonderful career, many different careers as a performer, as a pianist and everything like that. But he really became a mentor to me. And he he took me on like all my college auditions. He accompanied me there and he just he, he put me under his wing. The reason why I bring that up is because, you know, he would bring me to different events or something like that. Or even, you know, I'd have opportunities of playing with him at his his church. And that was a, a gospel church. I mean, here comes me, you know, tall white guy who's not used to that. And, here, you know, Bill who's a very, you know, he's a, a reserved man. But, the you know, he's a beautiful voice and he can and he's playing, you know, this style of music and people are singing or dancing and are, and I'm like, what am I doing? And he, you know, he looked at me, he's like, you need to get over yourself and you need to do it. Let's play. Come on. You know, and not, and he wasn't saying that condescendingly. He's like, what are you doing? Like <laughs> this music is, I need your help playing this music and you, you know, you can do it. Let's go. And that, that was a great expression of love because not only did I feel accepted into playing that music where I was the only white guy in the room and, 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 and I remember afterwards people coming up, giving me a big hug and saying how thankful they were that I was there. But also to be able to really just be a part of someone's culture in that moment, not just, you know, trying it in a classroom, but like I was doing it and I was like, man, this is amazing. And this was it was like being on a roller coaster, having that opportunity to to share, you know, help me understand his, you know, his him more than anything, you know, more than, and then, you know, him also a very skilled classical musician being able to give me pointers and that other side of it was, you know, was so grateful and, and it helped me also just build that friendship and that, that relationship and that love. I, I think that opportunity for me was so wonderful and giving. And I wish that for my students, for them to have opportunities to make music with other people in a setting where they can just immerse themselves so that they can build closer bonds with one another. I mean, how often do we stay in our own little bubbles, only thinking our own thoughts and thinking that everyone else is wrong? How quickly do our perspectives change when we actually do something and interact with other people on their level? Not just in conversation, but in a musical conversation, which is just allows for more dialogue and, and there's less opportunities for being for being offensive and just being able to understand someone deeper. You know, I always think about whenever I get the opportunity to make music with my loved ones, especially my mom. You know, her and I have been singing and playing together for so long that I we just we have really tight harmonies or I can kind of read her in a way and I kind of understand when she's going a different way in a song and I'll play something else. And that level of communication, it almost brings me to tears because that's just the, what a special connection that is. And then I think about other friends that I've played with for so long and the same the same thing happens. My hope is that we can by immersing ourselves in other people's cultures and having that dialogue is that we get to understand people at a stronger, deeper human level, because I really feel that that's important. And I feel that it helps us focus on what's important, and that's each other.
Thanks again for joining us on this week's podcast. Remember to check out new episodes on Mrs. O'Connor Vince on SoundCloud and now on Spotify. And again, follow me on Instagram at Mrs. OCV. Next episode, we'll be continuing our series with Hannah Dutra as she presents her final thoughts and her research paper. And I'll see you all next time on Music Ad with MC OCV.